Hello and welcome to the latest podcast in our series, Living with Diabetes, brought to you by Diabetes Research and Wellness Foundation. In this edition, we continue the theme of foot care from our last podcast, with new recommendations just published in the latest paper by IDEAL, the independent group of healthcare professionals and people living with diabetes. We'll hear proposals to significantly reduce amputations through improved rapid diagnosis and referral to multidisciplinary foot care teams. There are loads of guidelines, but they don't happen. And our goal is to ensure that best practice actually gets delivered. It caught me unawares how drastically it can change. All of a sudden, I'm losing that tour. A person living with diabetes can have an intact foot on a Monday, can develop a break in the skin on Tuesday, have an infection on Wednesday, develop gangrene on a Thursday, and lose their leg to a major amputation on a Friday. A clear pathway of care that's speedy can help people to save lives and also save limbs. I do feel strongly that this ACT NOW acronym is particularly helpful um, because I think it's simple, it's straightforward, it tells us what to do. Sometimes you can wait weeks for an appointment. You can't wait that long. You need to have access to a team really quickly to treat that before it turns into something more nasty. The other thing we need to think about is our reception staff because obviously they need to know that if somebody with diabetes has got concerns about a foot problem, it isn't acceptable that they wait for several days. I'm Claire Levy from DRWF, the host of our regular podcast, Living with Diabetes. IDEAL provides insights for diabetes, excellence, access and learning. The group was established to review current practice across the NHS. It aims to improve care pathways for people living with diabetes, as I heard from its chair, John Grummet. The IDEAL group is a bunch of stakeholders um, representing all the people across the diabetes care pathways and patients um, who have come together to address what we believe to be a fundamental gap in that there are loads of guidelines, but they don't happen. And our goal is to change that to ensure that best practice actually gets delivered. And it's a a group of multidisciplinary diabetes specialists. um, And patients. And patients. So that's a difference as well, isn't it? Yeah, just as an example of that, um, you know, foot care is a classic so with our recent foot care paper, we brought together one of the leading secondary care um, activists. We brought together um, people in primary care, the PCDS and such like, and we brought together patient advocates and we pulled the whole thing together. I suppose the only other thing is that we've brought together colleges, um, NHS England, Uh, stakeholder groups like PCDS, um, the DSN Forum, various things like that. So we're agnostic. We're not not loyal to any one particular uh, stakeholder or group. Um, What we care about is patient outcomes through effective working. 
Amputations take place in the UK at a shocking rate of a major limb every hour. The ideal paper highlights that up to half of amputations resulting from diabetes-related complications could be avoided through early intervention. In our last podcast, we heard from podiatrist Graham Bowen, who underlined the importance of good foot care, as encouraged in the Simple Steps campaign. We also talked to Andrew, who has experienced poor foot health and ultimately amputations. I've lost my eyesight quite drastically and I've lost my toes. Uh, but you can go a lot further. You can yes. end up losing your legs and and that's all diabetes. Mm. It, it happened because I actually was having problems with my feet. I was a bit naive. It became a little bit infected, but I left it. Melanie said, that don't look so good. Right, little... It'll cure. It'll go away. It's first problems I'd really had with them. And uh, I left it a couple of weeks and it went quite septic. So I went to my doctors and uh, they had a look at it and they referred me to the foot clinic. Uh, and it basically went wrong. I got gangrene in it. That was the first, that was the tide off from my left foot. Uh, so I become a little bit wiser after that. But then I got an infection on my right foot on the big toe next to my big toe again uh, and it went wrong again um, you've got to be very careful to be fair it's things in the past where if I'd got a cut on my foot I wouldn't have even thought twice about it and then later on you get your diabetes these things happen and you I suppose that is one thing that really does need drilling into diabetics is your feet because it caught me unawares how drastically it can change. Come from going through with a little scab, an infection, all of a sudden I'm losing that toe. I ended up losing the toe next to it. And plus you're limited in what you can do. Mm-hmm. So I'll go as long as I can. It's currently estimated that the NHS spends around a billion pounds a year on these treatments. Current data sees a big variation across the country in the level of amputations, which has been described as a postcode lottery for patients. The main recommendations centre around educating people living with diabetes and healthcare professionals to refer urgently for rapid access to multidisciplinary foot care teams. To help me explore some of the key results and recommendations of this ideal paper, I've been talking to the researchers and diabetes healthcare professionals involved. Professor Mike Edmonds is a consultant diabetologist at King's College Hospital, working in the foot clinic which he founded back in 1981. I asked him why people like Andrew who are living with diabetes are so susceptible to foot health problems, ulceration and high risk of amputation. The high blood sugar uh, as part of diabetes uh, damages the nerves uh, in the feet, they become numb and susceptible uh, to trauma, and that leads to a break in the skin and ulceration. The high sugar also damages the arteries. Uh, so once uh, a person living with diabetes has a break in the skin, uh, it's sometimes difficult to get that healed because of the reduced blood supply from the uh, diseased artery. And finally, uh, the high sugar, 
related to diabetes, damages uh, what we call the immune system, the ability to fight infection, and therefore the break in the skin becomes very susceptible to invasion from bacteria, and this leads to infection. Uh, the bacteria themselves can also damage the vessels, and this leads uh, to gangrene. But the overall uh, problem leading to ulceration uh, is the uh, damage to the nerves, which we call neuropathy, and damage uh, to the vessels, uh, mainly the, the so-called large vessels uh, of the legs and feet. Why is it an issue? Well, there are two reasons. Firstly, as long as a person living with diabetes has an ulcer, a break in the skin, that person is susceptible to bacteria invading the foot, leading to infection and leading to gangrene and the risk of amputation. Secondly, it's unpleasant to have a weeping sore on any part of your body, including the foot, with discharging liquid, needing frequent dressings, maybe an unpleasant odor, uh, the need to go to clinics. Uh, when is this also going to heal? That's often the question we hear. So this leads to uh, a, a reduction in the quality of life of people living with diabetes and, and therefore it's a, also is a very uh, important problem. I'm afraid also the problem of, of speed and we can say um, colloquially that a person living with diabetes can have an intact foot on a Monday can develop a break in the skin on Tuesday, have a, an infection on Wednesday, develop gangrene on a Thursday, and lose their leg to a major amputation on a Friday. This is the speed with which things can deteriorate, and this defeats every healthcare system in the world. Anne Phillips is an Associate Professor in Diabetes Care, working at Birmingham City University, and also has an honorary contract with the United Hospitals Trust in the city. She explained the need for rapid self-referral. One of the things that we've highlighted as ideal and through the research work we've been undertaking, particularly with Professor Mike Edmonds, is to try and smooth the referral system to ensure people who have had previous ulcerations can access care and self-refer without having to go and have untimely delays. In particular at the moment with um, services being different because of the virus, we've got to think about accessibility of services for people so they don't delay going and seeking specialist help um, and we can escalate care in particular for the most vulnerable in our society and people who might be dependent on social care or district nursing services and ensure that a clear pathway of care that's speedy can help people if they are in need to save, save lives and also save limbs. 
What do the NICE guidelines say? The NICE guidelines are very much about early referral to a multidisciplinary foot care team. But over the years, we've found that not every hospital has access to a multidisciplinary foot care team. And these are things that we want to be established and linked in every NHS trust. Um, because we need to ensure that the right care is there at the right time for the right person. And if NICE is a guideline, but it is recommending the establishment and the creation of multidisciplinary foot care teams, then we need to try and enhance our NHS by ensuring that they are available and funded. To help people living with diabetes, a new campaign has been devised using the slogan, Act Now. The initials represent six steps to assess deterioration that can follow foot injury, potentially leading to amputation if treatment is not provided quickly. Professor Edmonds explains. We want the acronym ACT NOW to be the uh, proportion for a national campaign to alert uh, people living with diabetes if they have a problem and uh, uh, provoke them, as it were, uh, encourage them uh, to seek help. So it's ACT NOW. A is for accident. Uh, that is that the patient may have had a minor accident, very minor, a trip or a trauma, which has led to a uh, break in the skin. C is for change. That's change of colour or change of shape in the foot. Uh, if the foot becomes red, that's indication of inflammation and that may be related to infection. T is for temperature, and one must be aware of a raised temperature, a hot foot, which is again uh, signifying infection, or else another condition, a, a condition of bone and joint disruption, uh, which we call the Charcot foot. <clears throat> N is for new pain. People living with diabetes, having neuropathy, may have numb feet and may not feel pain. But if they suddenly do feel pain, which has broken through the, as, as it were, the, uh, the, the numbness, then that is an indicator uh, particularly of infection. And O is for ooze, that's for uh, ooze from a wound, a discharge from a wound, and W is for having developed a wound or ulcer itself. So this is act now. And <clears throat> if people with diabetes uh, are aware of any of these changes, they should seek help and the stipulation or advice from the uh, ideal group is that people who have a positive response to this act now should get help and should be able to refer themselves to the multidisciplinary diabetic foot clinic. <clears throat> they should not need to go through another healthcare professional uh, 
who then has to refer them to the multidisciplinary uh, foot clinic. Time is of the essence. And the more people that are involved in the referral pathway, the greater the delay. So the ideal group are putting forward that people living with diabetes, they notice a problem, should be able to refer themselves to the multidisciplinary uh, diabetic foot clinic. Dr Patrick Holmes is a GP partner in Darlington and the CCG Diabetes Lead for Tees Valley and welcomes the new Act Now campaign. I do feel strongly that this Act Now acronym is particularly helpful um, because I think it's simple, it's straightforward, it tells us what to do. And um, This was created by healthcare professionals and people living with diabetes. Um, so I think it it, it's a simple um, uh, uh, statement which uh, instructs both the person living with diabetes and the uh, healthcare professional um, to indeed um, um, do something straight away. And and that, um, so I think it's quite useful. So um, it does need to be um, ground into people um, so that it's it's imprinted on their brains um, when they see someone with, with foot disease. But I think it, it reminds us that we do need to be doing something quickly. Uh, why is it that things been unsuccessful in the past um, I, there are, particularly in primary care and you know there's a lot of things for us to take on board increasingly uh, conditions like diabetes seem to be uh, become more of a specialist uh, thing within general practice and um, so so not all um, uh, healthcare practitioners are, uh, are necessarily fully comfortable with um, with diabetes and therefore um, uh, uh, expect others to um, to be taking this burden on um, as we increasingly work part-time. There are further barriers um, in terms of accessing that, so their chosen doctor or nurse may not be working that day. Um, uh, in addition to that, there, we know uh, multidisciplinary foot clinics should be in every locality, fortunately they are in my locality, but they're not um, everywhere, even in my CCG, we're, we're still uh, trying to develop services in, in some areas which aren't as well served as others. Practice nurses are part of the front line of healthcare professionals when it comes to foot health. I spoke to Jane Diggle, a practice nurse based in West Yorkshire, who's had a special interest in diabetes for over 20 years. She's also co-vice chair of the Primary Care Diabetes Society Committee and Associate Editor-in-Chief of the Diabetes and Primary Care Journal. She recognises the need to raise the awareness of staff about the urgent nature of foot injury in people living with diabetes and the potential for delays in being assessed. Yeah, I mean, I think getting an appointment, obviously, with a, a GP or a practice nurse can be a challenge, especially at this current time during the um, the COVID-19 pandemic. But I think um, the other thing we need to think about is our reception staff, because obviously they need to know that if somebody with diabetes has got concerns about a foot problem, it isn't acceptable that they wait for several days. So I think they have to have a, a lower threshold for actually um, contacting the clinician and saying, look, we have somebody who's concerned, um, can you review this? So I think it, it has to start at the very beginning because almost like the, the reception staff are gatekeepers really um, to the clinicians. So I think that's really important. I think, yeah, it's, gets, it's sometimes getting the person living with diabetes to accept 
accept that it might be an emergency and um, conveying that and rather than playing it down. Absolutely. And that's so important. It's not just examining a person's foot. It's making sure that they understand the dangers. And I think we need to back that up with information as well. So written information or signposting to, um, you know, um, resources that are useful for people with diabetes too. Um, you know, I think that's been even more of a challenge um, over recent months because of um, maybe reducing the number of people that we're seeing face to face in practices. And any additional challenges during the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, for sure. I mean, because we um, most practices suspended their routine reviews. So that's had a huge impact because we've got um, a huge backlog to catch up on. Um, so many people will have had their annual review deferred. And I think we're at the stage now where we're trying to reinstate those services. Um, and that's involving some sort of risk stratification. So trying to determine those people who are going to benefit most from an early review. And there's obviously been a lot of focus around the increased risk from COVID-19, but obviously diabetes related complications, including foot problems, haven't gone away. So we do need to be very mindful of um, prioritising those people too. Um, obviously, a lot of what we do in our diabetes reviews does require a face-to-face -face consultation and obviously it's, it's a challenge to do a foot examination remotely. Um, having said that, over recent months, um, what we have done in our practice is um, ask some individuals to complete a pre-review questionnaire. So the idea being that we can obtain some measurements at home uh, and reduce um, the amount of time someone may have to come into a surgery. Um, one of the things I incorporated was a link to um, Touch the Toes test, which is an initiative um, that Diabetes UK have been running um, on their website. And it's something that provides guidance and, and also a useful video on how a person can actually test their own sensation at home. So that's, that's I found that quite useful. Um, what we've also got is um, an excellent template on our computer system, which will kind of guide the clinicians to ask the right type of questions in order to identify um, foot problems. So those are just a couple of things that you know we've been doing. Um, obviously mentioned information for people and educational leaflets. Um, I've recently become aware actually of the, um, the DRWF leaflets um, which can be downloaded. It's an excellent foot leaflet there and I also like the audio um, information that's available too. And how do you think the ideal position statement will address some of these issues? I think the, the position statement identifies a lot of the issues that I've raised here, a lot of the problems, so the lack of understanding, the, the complex referral pathways and, and poor training or an inadequate training. Um, so I think it does, it addresses a lot of those issues. I also particularly like the, the um, oh, um, raising awareness campaign. So um, the Act Now campaign, which reminded me very much of, um, you know, campaigns that have been used to um, highlight stroke, you know, like the FAST campaign. So I think that is really good. I also really like this idea of a self-referral. Um, I think that would be really important for people because um, it gives them access, easier access really. Um, so that problem of trying to get to see their GP, if they were able to um, self-refer, I think that would be fantastic. And I think it also sort of hands back some of the responsibility to the person living with diabetes, which again is so important. Practice nurse Jane Diggle. 
The Ideal Report clearly sets out the value of improved patient and healthcare professional awareness of foot health and the need for rapid referral to multidisciplinary teams. Professor Edmonds highlights the huge reduction that could be achieved by implementing their recommendations. Well, let me make this point uh, clearly and loudly, metaphorically. 80% of the major amputations in diabetes follow ulcers and therefore they can be prevented and it is a great sadness and tragedy that they are not being prevented and it is at great personal and economic cost. The situation is essentially one of an underlying nerve damage, vessel damage, and that leads to infection and gangrene. And this, these are the main causes of the amputation. It's the three great, what we call pathologies or problems of nerve damage, vessel damage, and infection which come together in the foot and lead to this uh, susceptibility uh, to amputation. The risk is high uh, and, and the stigma is often very high, uh, but in no way should people living with diabetes have any sense of guilt that these complications have developed. Uh, they are part of the, the natural history of, of, of diabetes and they must be uh, tackled uh, by the healthcare uh, system. <clears throat> and we have to develop systems which can break through uh, and uh, conquer uh, this natural history. Finally, it is the um, intention of the ideal group to press for a campaign for a 50% reduction in the number of major amputations. This, this has been achieved in local uh, economies, health economies, in diabetic foot clinics, but has never been achieved on a population basis. And this has led to a postcode lottery in the uh, availability of healthcare and the number of major amputations. There is a semfold variation throughout England in the number of major amputations uh, being carried out, and this uh, cannot be right. So it is the aim of the ideal group to press for a campaign, a campaign for education of uh, people living with diabetes to spot early problems, uh, to 
educate healthcare professionals to be aware of these healthcare problems uh, and uh, to support the expansion of the multidisciplinary diabetic foot clinics. The key is early diagnosis and early access to clinics that can help people living with diabetes. And if this is achieved, 50% of the major amputations should be uh, prevented. And this will not only reduce the, the tr personal tragedy for people living with diabetes, uh, but will also uh, save money. The cost of diabetic foot care has been reckoned at one billion pounds, and uh, there would certainly be a saving uh, if uh, we could reduce uh, the number of uh, major amputations by 50%. We know compared to countries like Belgium, we have much higher amputation rates. I think we're three times more, uh, uh, we're amputating, we're, we're amputating three times uh, more. Uh, these are major amputations. So these are uh, uh, really life transforming amputations where, you know, below the knee, for example, uh, where um, people um, have, uh, you know, uh, become dependent on social services. And, uh, you know, they uh, often have a long and troubled rehabilitation. And um, so, so one could hope that we could see dramatic reductions in in amputation um, and we can even if we look around the UK we can see um, there's variation of two to threefold between um, regions so so there's clearly a lot of work to be done at the current time obviously we're living uh, in a season with a coronavirus and people might be put off coming forward and I think this is something true of people with maybe with a foot uh, issue anyway, they might, might think it's something trivial. Why and how should they uh, pursue something that they might not be sure about? Well, I think they need to understand the importance if they've got active foot disease, if they're getting pain, redness, um, and there is a discharge or oozing from, from their, their foot, then they really do need to be assessed very promptly. Yes, we live in a time um, of COVID, but we do know that um, amputations, for example, in uh, Italy increased in people who, who are living with diabetes during um, COVID. And again, that's been put down to a delay in presentation. We know other serious health conditions like heart attacks and strokes have been um, presenting very late. Um, and in, and it, for exactly the same reasons, they need to present early. So um, I would encourage anybody who is concerned about um, their foot and they've got uh, diabetes to um, uh, act now to um, uh, and and um, yes, COVID is important. And yes, we're anxious about COVID, but but we're more anxious that people don't present timely with foot disease, because if they don't, you know, there, there, there may be serious health consequences um, uh, and the, the window of opportunity is, is, is small. We need to, people need to present early in that window so they can come out with the best outcomes possible. If you, if you present early, you might be in and out of the service quite quickly. 
you've got an amputation, you could be in the in the ward for a long period of time. So yeah, just come forward and uh, get sorted. Dr. Patrick Holmes. Empowering people to self-refer has been welcomed by pharmacist Charles Odiasse, a consultant pharmacist for family care and diabetes who sees these issues on a daily basis. I would say that I think it's about time for us as healthcare professionals to ensure that if we truly believe that people living with diabetes are the experts in their care, that we need to start empowering the people living with diabetes to look after their food as well. I believe that's where the acts now comes into um, focus. It's not just for healthcare professionals, but for people living with diabetes and for the healthcare profession to work collaboratively with the person living with diabetes to ensure that they understand those acronyms and acts now and empower them with the ability to self-refer when needed, which is part of the document we've put out there, and also to be able to get access straight away into services that will help them with the food problem rather than the delay and so, so they don't become too um, um, uh, ambivalent with food problems. It's so very important that we bring in the community service uh, pharmacy into the pathway of referral across all diabetes specialist issues. And this is because community pharmacy has a higher contact and a better contact with people living with diabetes and the population is large and they can if given the empowerment, both financially and skills-wise, be able to identify simple food problems and then reduce that delay to refer people with liver and diabetes with food problems straight into specialist services. And I think we need to start working as a team across the board, and that's what the PCN services is here for, to ensure that everyone in primary care is working hand-in-hand to ensure that our population get the best care without delay, with safe time, with safe feet. DRWF, staying well until a cure is found. You're listening to Living with Diabetes, a regular podcast from DRWF. To get the perspective of someone living with diabetes, I spoke to a colleague here at DRWF, Lee Calladine, about his experience with maintaining good foot health. I have been living with type 1 diabetes for 20 years. I manage my diabetes with multiple daily injections and I test my blood glucose levels regularly with a a Libre sensor and also blood glucose test strips. Um, My control is pretty good um, but always willing to learn more and um, improve. Uh, People living with diabetes have a one in three likelihood of developing foot ulcers. Can you tell us a bit about that and what your understanding is? Yeah, um, I I, I don't think this is a topic that's widely covered to people with diabetes unless the problem arises. Um, I have a foot check now and again with my uh, practice nurse or my consultant but it's not a regular occurrence um it's, it's more of a sort of random uh, foot check every five six diabetes reviews um but my understanding is um that your uh, feet are at risk of nerve damage um from I'll say poorly managed diabetes or, or having diabetes for many years um, where it causes damage to the small blood vessels and the nerve endings, which means people 
with that problem don't have any feeling or sensation in their feet or limited sensation which means that they can uh, scratch themselves cut themselves or even you know step on something and not realize cause damage to their feet which can then develop into um, something more serious and people living with diabetes what can they do themselves and this paper's also promoting more self-referral do you think that's important i think that's definitely important because if a problem does occur uh, with someone's feet the, the changes um, from uh, a small injury or, or a cut or something like that can develop into something more serious really quickly so having access to um, uh, specialist healthcare professionals uh, is important and um, I think awareness around that should definitely be made more widely available to people with diabetes because I'm not sure that it really is and, and what do you do with your feet on a daily basis? I I check my feet every day. Um, I think it's more common sense, basic things really. You know, not walking around with bare feet because you've only got to stub your toe or, as I say, step on something. Um, and it only takes a small injury that can develop into something worse so I think it's common sense practical everyday stuff like uh, you know protecting your feet um, not walking around in bare feet um, and just doing a, a daily check really just to make sure that the, the skin underneath your feet is okay that you haven't got any cracks in or dry skin um, I did I use a moisturizer uh, a recommended moisturizer um, to keep my skin nice and healthy and uh, yeah just general awareness really. Uh, are you aware of multidisciplinary foot care teams? I'm aware of them although I've never needed to see a team like that. So why would that be uh, important do you think? Why would it help the situation to have to have one of those teams? There can be delays in getting appointments with your GP uh, practice nurse sometimes you can wait weeks for an appointment um, if you've got an injury to your feet or, or a cut or something you can't wait that long you need to have access to a team that can see you really quickly um, to treat that before it turns into something more nasty and I think having the specialists and the the different um skill sets within a team I think are very important aren't they? Definitely um, you know we know that GPs practice nurses can't be experts in all areas um, they can help to a certain point but um, yeah I think having access to specialist teams is is definitely definitely the way to go. Uh, the potential to halve the number of amputations how would you feel if that was possible? I think that would be incredible um you know we've seen the figures over recent years um especially in certain areas of the country that are just truly shocking the amount of people having problems or having an amputation um it's quite scary so i think anything they can do 
to improve the service, improve outcomes and stop people getting to that stage, it's got to be a good thing. DRWF, staying well until a cure is found. You're listening to Living with Diabetes, a regular podcast from DRWF. And that brings us to the end of this edition of DRWF's podcast, Living with Diabetes. To keep up to date with the latest news and information, or to discover how you can continue to support DRWF at this challenging time, please visit the website at drwf.org.uk. This is Claire Levy from Diabetes Research and Wellness Foundation. Our thanks to all the people who talked to us and also to you for listening. I'm looking forward to joining you again in our next edition of Living with Diabetes. Living with Diabetes is a Blue Aurora media production for DRWF. Copyright 2020 Diabetes Research and Wellness Foundation. All rights reserved.